All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Week one in the books, baby. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, man? I'm well, man. Fantastic weekend of football. Not too many things went wrong, if any, so just looking forward to week two, man. We're in it. We're in it now. Yeah, very exciting week. Um, lots of storylines as we expected, but there was a lot of... Uh, I don't know for you, for me personally, I don't know about you, but for me, there's a lot of things that I just wasn't expecting to see that came as a surprise. There were some other things that weren't such a surprise that were like a little eye opening. And there were some other things that were like, obviously, this is what I expected. Let's talk about all of them, but we're going to do so in kind of like a, uh, a more discussion question based. I'll go ahead and start her off unless you got something that you want to start off with. Uh, for the, you guys, those of you guys listening, you guys know how me and Brad do things. We don't like preparing each other before the pod with with questions or with what we're going to talk about. We like to keep it super raw, super authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, this is the first time he's hearing this. So here we go. Who's the one player that is now a must start week two in fantasy? I think there was a lot of players that probably fell under the radar that people were scared to play. But after week one, <laughs> you're like 100 percent starting this dude. Now, he might yeah. not be on your team, but in general. Right, right, yeah. Um, I'm not going to take somebody who we were already starting. I think a lot of people had reservations, maybe had, had him on their bench, team we didn't know much about. But I think that guy, I don't know if you're going to have a better fantasy quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I mean, going into week two after his performance, now I know it was against the Falcons defense. Um but everyone, you know, no one really knew what to expect from them. But Jalen Hurts and that offense, um, again, new rule in the NFL. A lot of people didn't realize under the radar when guards or tackles are pulling on run plays. Players on the defense are no longer allowed to dive at their legs. So we saw a few highlights from Kelsey and their left tackle of them just steamrolling guys in the secondary. They have an incredibly athletic and healthy offensive line. Um, Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith both got touchdowns. Miles Sanders in their running backfield is very good at receiving out of the backfield. And Jalen Hurts can run. He's going to get rushing touchdowns too. I think going forward, Jalen Hurts may be a must must uh, play. And if you have Hurts and another top-tier quarterback, I think you could use those guys as trade bait in fantasy football, either one of them, and get really good players elsewhere. But Jalen Hurts, if he's on your team, I don't know how you could – I don't know how you could sit him going forward. That's a hell of a first answer. I uh, was not expecting that one, but I have one. I have one too. And there, there is a chance that this player was starting for some teams, but I know for a fact he, he was not a around the world start. I, I think a lot of people had him on their bench as did I, but going forward, in my opinion, Antonio Brown is a must start. And I think what probably happened is a lot of people realized, okay, well, Antonio Brown was fantastic in Pittsburgh. He goes to New England for a cup of coffee. It was great there for his one week. And then all of a sudden, the craziness starts. Well, he goes to Tampa last year in a half season, and people don't even remember what his half season numbers were. They were actually really good, like 400 yards, 40-some catches, and seven touchdowns. Well, that pacing is now started in week one. Um, dare I say he's better than Chris Godwin? Dare I say he's the best receiver on their team? Because he might be. We've talked about this. We always thought Antonio Brown was good. He really never lost his step. He just kind of went crazy. I think Antonio Brown is a must-start for a lot of people in week two. 
Yeah, a lot of people would struggle with the consistency, you know, between Gronk, Evans, Godwin, Brown, who's going to eat. It, it's but, tough. It's but tough. as we all knew, if, if Brown plays to his potential, I mean, he was triple covered in in the Steelers, and he was still a must-start. So Tom Brady likes him. He showed love to both Brown and Gronk week one. That's fair. Um, my question to you, uh, I, I think you're going to have a pretty good answer for me, but um, – with how Mac Jones played well and the Patriots still losing, are you more encouraged going forward with the Patriots or more like worried and frustrated that you're going to be in close games that one mistake could blow a game uh, going forward? But I know you are pretty high on them winning 12 games. Are yeah. you going to stick strong with that or are you more like more worried or encouraged with what you saw out of the Patriots? Fantastic question. Uh, I can answer this a couple of different ways, but I kind of like, even though I didn't think you were going to ask me this, I've been thinking about this. I've had a whole day to think about this. Yeah. Okay? When you're at work, that's what uh, you think about. Basically, basically two days to think about this. So first off, I accounted for one loss to Miami in my 12 wins. My five losses that I have for New England, one of them was to Miami. One of them was to Buffalo. I have a splitting. We can still beat Miami later in the season. Okay. That's to answer mm-hmm. that. Second thing is, what I saw of Mac Jones was the best rookie QB outing of anybody. Uh, now, mind you, he probably has more to work with than a lot of the rookie QBs. Um, Zach Wilson doesn't have near as much to work with as, as Mac Jones does. Trevor Lawrence, you could argue, has more to work with, but has a worse roster. And Trey Lance didn't get near the opportunities, neither did Justin Fields. So of the three, I thought Mac looked really good. Um, I'm more encouraged. And another reason I'm more encouraged is because New England outplayed Miami. New England fumbled twice, which is really uncharacteristic of them. They don't do that a lot. Um, but unfortunately, fumbles actually cost them wins last year too. I hope this isn't a recurring thing. Right. That's uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on the fact that Bill Belichick's not gonna tolerate it. It gets better. And also, uh, I just think that this team is. Uh, First off, there's a stat out there, and I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did, but again, I didn't know you were going to ask this. Rookie quarterbacks to start week one and win since, like, 2014, they're, like, one in, it was, one in it was, 15 or it, something. It was in 2002, I believe it was David Carr in 02, was the last time a, a rookie quarterback won his first start in week one. It, it's very tough. It's it, The expectation is almost unreasonable. Um, then again, I'm not saying two, you know, two has only been in this league, you know, two years, but regardless, very optimistic of what I've seen of the Patriots and Mac. Um, the one thing that I didn't think we would miss and do, we missed Stefan Gilmore. We're going to need him back immediately. Yep. And you got six more weeks without him. So we'll see. Yeah. The Tampa game that I've been obviously pretty vocal about might have to switch that one, but it is what it is. Is what it is. Gotcha. Uh, My question to you. I asked this on our bold prediction episode. One of the questions I posed to you is who's, who's just basically one of the overlooked teams, you know, and I think you were saying Minnesota. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to repose the question differently after week one, who's the most overlooked team. I still think when you talk to people, they're going to say it's because of who they played or whatnot, but it's another team that I answered with overlooked. I still don't think people like the Denver Broncos as much as I do. I think they're a dominating team. The Giants have the eighth-ranked defense in the league. Uh, Last year, I believe it was eighth. They averaged six yards a carry. They dominated in time of possession. Teddy Bridgewater takes care of the football. 
They've got an elite pass rush, a monster secondary. I think the Broncos are a playoff team. Um, we'll see if they made my top 10. But um, I think they won convincingly. The Giants scored a late touchdown. But it was this game, you know, by by after halftime, the Broncos are running away with it. And that's kind of what I said in our predictions. You know, I said the Giants are going to win or the Broncos will win this game. They're just a flat out better team. Now, again, I think we could mark it down that the Giants have the 32nd ranked offensive line in the league. I mean, it, it's it was so bad. But then again, the Broncos made it look that way. So. Um, I still think the most overlooked team is the Broncos. People are going to dismiss this win. They dismiss their offseason. They're dismissing the roster. Um, I don't think anyone outside of Denver thinks this team is a threat, and I think they are. Another good answer. Um, I have two. I'll keep it short for both. But I also will say before I even go into this, I think there's multiple teams that fit this bill. It's week one. There, there are teams that lost that fit this bill. I'll say that, but I'm not going to go into a lost team. So the first one, I'll I'll keep it quick, Houston. I told you guys on the pre-show that Houston has way too many veterans to lay down for anyone, and we see that. They came out against a team they knew would be inexperienced with a new rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, and they humiliated them. I don't think Houston's going to lay down for anyone this year. I'm not saying they're going to be good by any stretch. They're probably a maximum of a four-win team this year. But just watch them to hang around with people. Another team that's completely overlooked and I thought would be a dumpster fire this year. I I was shocked at how good Philly looked. They're they're more of a college offense in a college scheme that probably won't work to be a playoff team right now. But I was impressed. I was impressed with Jalen Hurts, as you already said. I was impressed with their wide receivers. I was impressed with what they did, how buttoned up. And I understand they went up against a rookie head coach, but the Eagles had a rookie head coach, and he looked way more prepared Um, than it. Go ahead. This is just one team that I got so mad at myself with because I I predicted them to win in our weekly pick'ems league that we're both in. And whenever I talk about the Eagles – I've always been super optimistic. I like both of their lines. I thought they were going to be underrated on offensive line. Now, I didn't think 32-6 to was coming, but I really allowed just Nick Sirianni's press conferences and how kind of dumb, to be quite frank, that he sounded to make me predict this team to be really bad. Now, I'm not going to say the Falcons I didn't predict to be good either, so I'm not saying this team has now changed my mind. They're a 10-11 win team. I don't know how good they'll be, but I just – this is one. This is one pitch I wanted to swing at, and I let it go right past me for strike three. You know, I, I just I, I'm really optimistic on the Eagles. Um, I took them to win outright this weekend, which again I didn't see them winning by 26. But it's frustrating because I wanted to predict this team to be better than everyone else, but I couldn't pull the trigger, and now I got to just you know sit here. But Eagles, yeah, I agree. They are an overlooked team, and I think I got the NFC East totally wrong. You know, after one week, it looks like it's going to be the Cowboys and Eagles again, and I, you know, but that's how it goes. That's why we like to see the played. I I did call these teams overlooked because I personally thought they'd be dumpster fires, and they're not. But I'm not saying they're playoff teams. I'm not saying I think they're playoff teams. I want to make that clear. I'm not be like trying to hype up these teams, but I thought they would legitimately be dumpster fires. And they both looked really buttoned up and decimated their opponents. And I just, it needs to be shouted out. We don't talk about Houston and Philly unless it's in a bad way. So, 
Go ahead. For sure. That, that might answer my question, but I was going to ask you on the weekend, you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest margin of victory. It could be two good teams, maybe the way a team fought back. But to you, what was the most impressive win on the weekend? Who is the team that really put their foot down and, and, and made a, a, a statement win week one? I actually don't even need to think about this. I was in shock at how bad the Arizona Cardinals beat down the Tennessee Titans. Do not, under any circumstances, let the score dictate what the game was. If you did not watch the game, there was a ton of great 1 o'clock games. I understand if you didn't watch the game. Go watch the highlights. Chandler Jones should have been arrested for attacking men. Like, it just wasn't fair. I, I'm literally, it was like, I'm watching this game, and the entire Cardinals team, which I told you before the season, I was not high on. I thought they were the worst of that division. Not that the division's bad. Yeah. They're, they're going to be a 7-8 win, 9 team, I, I thought. No, we need to consider them higher. Because I'm, you know how I feel about Tennessee. I picked Tennessee straight up in this game. They humiliated them. Yeah, we, we said both teams have high-powered offenses. Neither of them have defenses. We swung nope. and missed on the Cardinals. Yeah, they have made, a defense. J.J. Watt looked, and I, I put this on the Facebook page. I couldn't. He looked like in, somebody chirped back, well, what about Chandler Jones? Yeah, Chandler Jones is a young, great player. I still imagine he's going to be great. J.J. I thought was past his days. He came out, played elite-level run, run defense against Derrick Henry. Getting into the backfield. I wasn't expecting JJ. I was expecting Chandler Jones. Having those two guys up front play the way they did opened up everything for Isaiah Simmons. He was flying around like a madman. They got Buda Baker sealing it up on the back end. Their their rookie, Xavier Collins, played huge minutes. I mean, truly single gonna be one on one every game. Gotta take advantage. I'm gonna pump the brakes. I wanna see him week two, but Arizona, holy hell. They they flew out. They jumped off the screen. Who is yeah. yours? Um, honestly, most impressive win. I still think it's the Saints because you look at every. That's fair. I just think that you look at all these analysts and every countdown show you turn on and every one of those like ESPN Sports Center, all this like. Just Super Bowl matchup predictions, people got the Packers everywhere. And, I mean, me, I thought they were a 13-win team. And, again, it's only one game. But we said the Saints, you know, they still have a decent defense with some players, and their offense is brand new. They got loaded up on Kamara, and they destroyed the Packers, especially in that second half. Now, again, you could say it was close. It was like 17-3, Packers going into score pick six or not pick six but an interception the other way and then they kind of just fell apart but again the team won by 35 points and they're playing against the team that was in the nfc championship game even if there's people out there who um who, like maybe they thought the saints are going to be good and they said you know i think the saints could win you know the packers did have a nasty offseason i agree with that but yeah they could have won they could have won by 14 or 10, hell, seventh, but they won by 35 points. That is absolutely incredible, and it put the Saints right back on the map for me. It was a team that I was kind of writing off. I believe I had them at 8-9 or 9-8. This defense is real, and Jameis Winston looked good. He didn't turn the ball over. No, no, no. He looked great. Well, yeah, but I guess the— He wasn't asked to do a lot. He wasn't asked to do a lot, I know, but he looked great in what he did do. Didn't he have a, 
like under 200 yards passing, even with this five one, touchdowns. Like 154, yeah. yeah. So, again, he didn't turn the ball over, and he yeah. scored touchdowns. He only did what he could do because he was having a lot of short fields. But I do want to say something quick. Why? Because you brought this game up, I want to I want to talk about them. Off air, you and I oh, had okay. kind of had a, a mini discussion that, you know, you were like, this is shocking. And I said, I don't think it is. And you'd kind of trip back like, what do you mean? I'm like, I told you I thought the Packers would at some point. This is a locker room problem. We can't, you can't just ignore this. This is an issue. I didn't think it would be week one. And up. I didn't think it would be week one. But I am not shocked that they were outcoached and outplayed. And I think it's going to happen more often than we'd like to think it would because they have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and all their dudes. The Saints have always 100% been well-coached, and they really don't deal with adversity inside the locker room. That's pretty rare for them. All I'm saying is last year the Chiefs played the Jets, and I don't know if they won by 35 points. Uh, That's the only reason I'm saying it's shocking. For a team who, with the Packers under Matt LaFleur, have only lost six regular season games going into this one, yeah. To get beat by 35 points is shocking. Even if we thought there'd be some turmoil and they would lose the game, the Saints put to score 35 points in an NFL game is impressive, let alone beat the other team by that many points. That's the only reason why. I, I guess I, the only thing I can say is when I seen it and it keeps piling up, at no point was I like, oh, my gosh. I just wasn't yeah. shocked. That's just I get it. And that's cool. Yeah, I just thought um, it was a yeah last question for that i have for you this is this is tough because i think there's a lot of people that are credible for this who's the mvp after week one every game who's the mvp, MVP after, week, after one? week one yeah season's over who is it um today um i think there's two candidates and they're from the same team it would be uh chandler jones or kyler murray would be the end. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tyler Murray had five total touchdowns. Um, yeah. Chandler Jones, five. He's on pace for what do they say? He's on pace for like 80 sacks this season. <laughs> I mean, the dude, I, if you want to give it to a defender, it's got to be Chandler Jones. Easy. Five sacks. I think he had six tackles for loss, maybe a forced fumble or two. Got to be him. And then, I mean, Kyler threw for five touchdowns. I, I don't even know if I'd really accept an offensive answer different than Kyler or a defensive answer different than Chandler. I think those are the only two options. I don't think those are the only two options. I I, I, I understand that you're going because Chandler played great. Uh, Kyler played great, but there's other options. This isn't even just biased. I think uh, I'm going to steal a line from one of my, my favorite dudes from this week, but I'm going to alter it a little bit. Find me the difference between 24-year-old 34-year-old and 44-year-old Tom Brady. Coming out week one, uh, opening night at 44 years old, I thought he played fantastic. He threw two picks that were both, you could say, weren't even his fault. One was uh, last second before halftime, and the other one was off of Leonard Fournette's hands. And he led a last-second drive to to win the game. Four touchdowns. It's just, for me, MVP-like performance. Wasn't shocked by it by any means, and I thought he played... uh, he played great and played the way I thought he would have trying to defend his Super Bowl. Okay, no comment. Uh, we'll move on to my last <laughs> question. Um, I know you uh, 
I know you um you, you enjoy yourself some college football as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the possible rumors of uh, Urban just jumping ship to maybe go to USC or Eric Bieniemy going to USC? And do you think those would happen in the middle of the season or after the season? But Urban got destroyed on his first game, and I don't think it's going well in the NFL with uh, with the team or the product. I don't see the Jaguars winning many games this year. So what are your thoughts on the Urban possibility? I had a feeling you would ask this question. I just, for some reason, I, I this is pretty recent news, but I had a feeling it would come up. So let me start with Urban before I get to Eric Bieniemy. Um, actually, let me start with the USC job. So the USC job is now open, but they currently have a guy that's going to be the interim head coach. So nobody's going to take over during the season. So they have time. We're not going to see this head coaching spot filled until at least probably December. Okay. By that time, we'll have a pretty good idea of what the Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars are and will be. With that said, if Urban Meyer leaves the Jacksonville Jaguars after one season, I will lose 100% of my respect that I have. And I don't have a lot. He's ran, two prog- he's ran out on two programs after things got a little rocky. You run out on the Jaguars, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm, I'm completely done. I would have lost every bit of inkling of respect that I have for him. And it's not because of the fact of like, well, Jeff, he's taking USC. That's a better job than the Jaguars. Absolutely, it's a better job than the Jaguars. But guess what? The USC job was open two years ago when he was with Fox. Like, this isn't a brand new job. It's been open five, year, five times in the last decade. You've had opportunities to take it. The thing is, is you went to the Jags. You, you, I mean, you took over the team. You changed the team completely. You drafted their quarter. Give this a freaking second. I understand you lost, but you're there's nowhere to go but up. From here, you lost to the freaking Texans. Give it time. I think he's the right coach for the job. I'm actually praising Urban for once. I think he's the guy. He got his quarterback. He's got receivers. I thought it was weird how little they used Robinson, but that's neither here nor there. Give it time. Please don't jump ship. Because if you do, I truly i am going to be like, what the hell? Like, seriously, you didn't give it even a fair shake. The NFL, in my opinion, is a minimum three-year commitment. Unless you've already been a coach, if you've never been a coach in the NFL, give the guy three years. Like, like come on. Right. Next. Next. Eric Bieniemy. I hope he takes it. He deserves it. He'd be great at it. Um, I think he would instantly get them as an offensive pop. Whether he'd be a great recruiter, I don't know. It's actually pretty hard to recruit at Southern California right now. Nobody's been able to do it since Pete Carroll left for whatever reason. I don't think it would be a hard job for Urban. I think he'd be immediately great. But question for you on Eric Bieniemy. This is this is long shot, but just you know, since we're on it, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. What's a what's a better job, head coach of USC or head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? That's an incredibly fun question, but I think. Only because you said the Steelers. There's probably four NFL jobs that are clear-cut better than USC, and I think Pittsburgh's one of those four jobs. But yep. he's not going to be the head coach of the Steelers next year. For yeah, for those of you listening, you guys are wondering, like, where's that coming from, Brad? I was just always curious. Mike Tomlin, I don't know how much it means to him, but if he does have another winning season to extend his record of never having a losing season, 
and Ben does go, that immediately becomes in jeopardy. You know, he's going to have to find a new quarterback if it's not in the roster. Um, when Ben goes, the GM, Colbert, is going for the Steelers. They've already announced that publicly. When Ben goes, the GM goes. There is a theory of mine that Mike Tomlin is very good with personnel, but one of his only things is in-game decisions. Could Mike Tomlin be promoted in company to GM, them go out and hire? What would be another African-American coach with Art Rooney and them being so intricate in the Rooney rule and having maybe the first, I don't know if this is the first or not, African-American GM and head coach. There's one in the league right now. Um, I don't know who it is. There's one in the league right now. Yeah. Also, Eric Bieniemy um, would be able to draft or figure out his own quarterback, move through things, offensive head coach. That might not happen. Just long story short, I was just curious. Um, I don't know. I, I'm glad you explained it because I thought you were weird for asking, but that yeah. now makes a but ton of that, sense. That is the only reason why. If Gobert leaves and he has his record on the line, would he want to move up to GM? Because he does seem to be well with a unit and leading men in personnel yeah. decisions. But – you know, just curious. All right. But the U- the USC job is better than minimum 15 NFL teams, including the Jags. I'm not trying to say that it's, he'd be dumb for taking USC. I would just lose respect. Like, come on. Yeah. Really? This that Adam Schefter reported that. Uh, I, see okay. I, cool. I had a feeling that's why you would ask. I've seen it. Well, that's just some storylines around the league. I mean, I think that was fun. I can't wait to do this some more Tuesdays. That is a that's a lot more fun. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to some of that. Yeah, now I'm incredibly hyped to uh, get into our top ten teams. After one week, this could be so reactionary, but like it's, it's going to change all you. I want to preface it before we even get into this because I feel like people are going to listen and they're going to get all worked up because. I already had uh, a phone argument with with somebody through text today about an opinion that I had. Like, goodness gracious, let's settle down here. So let me say this. There are teams that lost week one that are going to make my top ten. Do not kill me over it, okay? Because there are teams that I predict will be better than losing week one. Also, six Spoiler. Teams- Spoiler. Cleveland is a good team, people. They <laughs> lost week one. <laughs> I mean. 16 teams are 1 and 0. If I have two teams that lost, the other eight, that leaves eight teams that are 1 and 0 off my top 10 list. They look good. They won. I'm, I can't wait to see them next week. But there's, there's, that's already eight teams that won last weekend that are not going to be on my top 10. So let me just say this Cleveland made my top 10. Houston did not, everyone. So let's just settle down. Okay. Fair. It's a perfect example. It's a perfect example. Yes, yes. So, with that being said, uh, I usually start off. You want me to start off, or you want to? Sure, go ahead, run it. Okay. Uh, it's week one, so I'm not going to bore you with all the details. I'll give you some slight things that I liked or whatever. Uh, let's see here: two, four, six, eight, ten. Starting off at number ten, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a team that I probably didn't think would make my week one top ten, did. And for they probably should be higher. I'll argue that. I think they could probably be higher because they were the most impressive team over the weekend. Offensively, defensively, they did everything that I thought they couldn't do. Um, holy crap, are the Cardinals good? They'll probably be higher next week. Week two. or uh, Yeah, week two, but number nine. Whew, L.A. Chargers. Um, 
the other day you asked me about a uh, you know who I thought would be out for the AFC playoff teams and who would be in. I said, twist my arm, Chargers. I look good after one week. I uh, I actually <laughs> I ended up switching off of them and pick because I had them beating um, Washington. I ended up switching on the podcast and picking Washington. The game was close. Don't get me wrong, but. I was impressed. Go ahead. What? Something Colin Cowherd said about the Chargers. He said, if you took the GM and said over the next 15 years, if you could hit two first-rounders out of the park, what position would they be? He would probably answer franchise quarterback and tackle. Yeah. He's done them both in back-to-back years. Rashawn Slater ghosted yeah. the Washington defensive line. It was Bulaga, Slater, Corey Lindsley. They didn't miss yeah. a beat. And it was It was incredible. It was incredible. And they did this with a hobbled, that's the word I'm looking for, hobbled Austin Eckler. I thought the Chargers were very impressive. Did they score 30 points? No, they did not. But they went up against easily a top five defense in this league and the best defensive or second, we'll go second best defensive line in the league. Um, I thought they were great. Uh, Number eight, I don't know how much higher this team can get. They have a lot more to prove. Pittsburgh. I like them simply because... They took a top four offense in this league and smothered them. Smothered them. Um, I don't love them offensively. I thought they were average, if not below average. Uh, Their defense made a hell of a lot of plays and got them the win. Pittsburgh's interesting because I said this. Their defense will win them eight or nine games. What more can they do? They did beat Buffalo. So, I mean, that's a game I didn't think they'd win. Up to eight. Uh, Seven. This is down a little bit, but I'm not losing. I'm not going off the bridge on them. The 49ers, they were literally destroying the Lions and fell asleep. I'm not going to hold it against them. It happens to people sometimes. Uh, Thankfully, they didn't lose. Uh, I think we've seen so much out of this team. They're extremely deep. It seems like anybody can carry the ball there. Love the Niners. Uh, This is number six. Yes, this team lost. Don't kill me. They're still better than the team that beat them. I got the Bills at six. This is a team that met up against a team that, unfortunately, matches up with them. There's not going to be too many teams that match up with Buffalo. They're very good. Unfortunately, they don't have much of a pass rush still till this day. Um, And I thought their offensive line wasn't as good. But then again, they were going up against the best defensive line in football. I'll give them a pass. Buffalo at six. Five, I liked this team. I like them even more now. I couldn't believe how buttoned up they look. I thought they'd come out way flatter than they were. Seattle. Seattle just, like, jumped off the screen, and I, I predicted them to win, so I wasn't shocked, but holy cow, they beat, they beat up on the Colts. And we said the Colts would have a hard five schedule or first five games, so I kind of assumed they would fight harder. It didn't seem like the game was close. The score was kind of close, but it just wasn't a close game. Coming in at number four, and this is crazy, this team lost and actually moved up. Cleveland. I picked Cleveland to beat Kansas City, and I looked like a genius through three and a half quarters. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick freaking Mahomes. I mean, there's, there's fumbles. <laughs> it's, it's not fair. Yeah, there is two fumbles in there. Got to play perfect yes. to beat the uh, Only against Kansas City and probably Tampa. There's only a couple teams you got to play perfect. Cleveland's going to beat a lot of teams this year. A ton of them. They're so good. Um, and I said it. They're better without Odell Beckham. At Odell Beckham playing that game, they might not have even looked that good. I'm serious. I mean it. They're better without Odell. If you could make the case, they would have won with them. So, I don't want to. We don't know. We don't know. Number three, 
have the case for being higher. I said it on the pre-show. You kind of said, ah, Jeff, I think you're being a little much here. I said the Rams would demolish the Bears. They demolished the Bears. The Rams looked fantastic. They were everything I thought they would be. Ramsey, Donald, Stafford, Cup. They got dudes, man. They just, they are good. They are very good. Rams at three. Two, Kansas City. They beat the, they beat, uh, the Browns this weekend. Obviously, I, my top two is untouched until something crazy happens. Number one, Tampa. They did exactly what I thought they would do. Um, they withstood a wild effort from Dak. I didn't expect Dak to, to be that good after not playing for so long. Um, Tampa at one. Yeah, so I am looking at um, your top ten. I think it's a good list. Um, we actually... I, I do have a couple outside looking in, if you want me to go over those. Just a couple. Uh, just real quick before you go over those couple. Um, numbers may be a little different here and there, but we only ha- we have nine teams on both of our top tens. There's only and one I, know, I know there's a team you're going to include that I'm not ready to. That's fair. but I I'm know you can include a team. So you, my three outside looking in, they're kind of like right here. My eyes are open to the Broncos, but I'm not ready to crown them. I know they're going to make your top ten, and that's fine. I get it. I've seen it. Wow, no, you're shaking your head no. Okay, never mind. The Broncos are there, though. They're, okay. they're on my radar. The Ravens. The Ravens, you guys, pump the brakes. Hostile Las Vegas environment. I probably should have never picked them, especially I shouldn't have predicted them to win big. They're still a very good team. And they lost literally, I can't make this up, all three of their starting running backs to start the year. Give them a break. They'll be just fine. And then number three, because I'm, ex- I'm still so high on this team, um, fumbles killed them, the Patriots. I think the Patriots are uh, a borderline top 10 team. Um, Miami is not better than them. If you think they are, rewatch the film. It's not even close. I will say that on my outside looking in, um, Broncos and Chargers are the two closest to being on my top 10. I didn't quite put them in there, but I, I certainly think the Chargers could make a case. Yeah. Um, Patriots and Dolphins are a little bit further down for me because although it was a super close game, I don't know. I mean, it was in division. They always play close games. I want to see them play other teams. I get it. Um, Number 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers is where I'll have them at number 10. Um, We played the Buffalo Bills last year, and we held them to 24 points, and they had a pick six, so we held them to 17. Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, and Joe Hayden did not play in that game. So – with all of our starters in, we showed what we could do. Um, the offense, their first drive in the second half was more yards than the, the entire first half. The new offensive line, the new running back, there was so many miscommunications and everything. The Steelers needed a half to really figure it out. Block punt helps. But I don't have a problem saying the Steelers, after one week, have the best defense in the NFL. And the offense can only get better. I don't know if that thing's going to get worse. The more fluid they get, they have tons of upside. Number nine, they won 38 to three. They've got a top, top five to seven head coach. The New Orleans Saints have to make my top 10 after that game. They didn't turn the ball over. They have one of the best players in the NFL in Alvin Kamara. Their wide receiver showed up and showed out. And that defense locked the Packers down offense, defense, special teams. Packers had no answers, and Saints were asking all sorts of questions. At number eight, 
the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think where we start to get tripped up on them is a little bit of recency bias. We're like, well, the last six weeks, people figured out the Cardinals and they fell off. Man, Kyler Murray messed up his shoulder. I mean, we, we, right. we, we just, just completely we just completely forget about the fact that he took that big hit and he was having massages and taking shots and stuff. Man, he threw like a 40-yard touchdown with both feet off the ground. I mean, he was doing whatever he wanted. He's going to be a nightmare. He was juking guys out of their shoes. Yeah, A.J. Green's their third receiver. I mean, the, the, the team's just loaded in weapons. They kind of remind me of the Seahawks and the Rams all kind of the same way in that division. As to where the 49ers just have a complete roster, the, the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams all have about seven guys that are just elite dogs at different positions. Like, if they got hurt, you'd start to be like, ah, oh, man, that's a huge piece gone. But if they have all those pieces, it's kind of like chess. They've got all their unique pieces and then a bunch of pawns, you know, guys that aren't very good, but their top guys are really good. Um, number six, or excuse me, I had the Cardinals at eight. Number seven, the Buffalo Bills. Again, I think, like you said, you kind of nailed it. They ran into worst-case scenario week one. Cameron Hayward is often talked about, is up there underneath Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox is maybe the third best interior D lineman around DeForest Buckner, that kind of conversation. He had 10 quarterback pressures. Josh Allen was bad because the Steelers' defense made him bad. Melvin Ingram's a huge addition. Alex Highsmith, monster jump into his second year. T.J. Watt. He was running for his life in that second half. Not much he could do, especially with seven in coverage. Um, but they're going to be just fine. I still think this is a team that's going to win 12 games at least. I think they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Number six, 49ers. That score does not reflect at all the game. It was 41-17 to 17 with two minutes left in the game. <laughs> 41 se- how did it get to 33? I don't know. But basically, they were already taking their cleats off on the sideline. I think they had Kittle already in the showers getting ready to go home. Like, the it was yeah. the worst display of garbage time. If you had golf in fantasy, at least he got to pump some yards, that random wide receiver that scored. 49ers killed them. They are one of the most complete teams. Jimmy Garoppolo looked fine. And, again, like you said on the day, they had three touchdowns from dudes I ain't never heard of. It, like, dudes, I'm like, every time I see the bottom line, I'm like, did someone get hurt? Like, was it a trick play? Was that like a fake punt they scored on? No, it was just yeah. our 18th running back going for it. Like, come on. They're Everybody that touches the field for them scores. Um, our top five is almost the same, but I'll speed it up here. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, steamrolled the Colts. Yeah. Again, I don't ever want to be high in the Seahawks, but then Russell Wilson, that deep ball. That, like, 51-yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett. Was that that's the prettiest ball you've ever seen? I literally couldn't stop watching the highlights. It literally looked like maybe there was, like, a dude hanging from a wire that you just couldn't see and literally handed the ball to Tyler. It was – there's not very many plays in the, in the NFL where I say that was beautiful. That play was picture – Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Real quick, before you go any farther. He listens to the pod. He's a friend. Can you apologize to Tyler Lockett? Hey, I started him in fantasy. I Tyler Lockett's such a dog. So continue. Tyler Lockett's good. All right. Tyler Lockett's good. My bad. Um, 
Number four, the Cleveland Browns, man. A lot of you are going to say, man, this looks a lot like uh, the Browns being the Browns. Still, they're not the Browns. They fumbled. Tw- Nick, come on. They fumbled twice. You got to play perfect to beat the Chiefs. Against, I'm at least 25 other teams in the NFL. That's a blowout win. Patrick Mahomes throwing. He's down there somewhere. Balls to tire. They're, they're stupid. The Chiefs are stupid. And they didn't have Tyron Matthew or Frank Clark, so that's even more scary. Yeah. Um, but the Browns at number four, they also number one in the NFL this weekend, eight yards per play. Eight yards per play. They, The Chiefs. Uh, number three, the Rams uh, made a mistake there. Uh, for some reason, I thought the Vikings and Rams were just in different uniforms. I'm going to – I'm I, – I still, I'm still holding on to my stocks and the Vikings, but I whiff. Yes. Okay, I whiff. The Rams are really good. I thought their defense. The, the reason why I had them is because I thought the defense would suffer. I thought losing Troy Hill and Joe Johnson and uh, Michael Brockers, I thought that would hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I forgot if they're not injured, they have two 99s on their defense. Yeah. yeah. Could Jalen Ramsey teleport? Could he teleport something? I mean, he it didn't didn't matter what receiver where Jalen Ramsey on the tap. I mean, he was they literally had him playing in the box. Since yeah, when Ramsey playing the box? Like I'm just like, what is he yeah. doing? And he's elite yeah. at it. All of a sudden, overnight, he's elite. Yeah, and then you got Stafford bootlegging, throwing eighty yard. The Rams. I hope the Rams are on so many primetime games because if they're not playing the Steelers, I love watching the Rams and SoFi Stadium. That thing is gorgeous. crazy. Gorgeous. If y'all want to uh, start a GoFundMe to get uh, the Real Talk host out to SoFi Stadium as a president. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, but, however, I, I did swap our two and one. I did move Tampa down to two. Um, Chiefs Chiefs got punched in the mouth a couple times, kept coming back, come back, win against the Browns. Um, now, th- they weren't really on one guy kind of all over the place, but I didn't like how unbuttoned up the Buccaneers were with turnovers. Um, maybe you could say that the Cowboys forced them. Whatever the case is, I'm sure they'll look better in the next few weeks. I mean, they got Atlanta coming up. That's going to be some points. But um, one thing to look at for the Cowboys, though, I know Mike Evans has his weird matchups. But Mike Evans, uh, Trayvon Diggs, year two corner out of uh, Bama, lined up on Mike Evans. I think the stat was like, on 33 of 47 snaps, he lined up on Mike Evans. And when he was guarding him, he held him to like, I think it was like two catches for 13 yards or something. Uh, the Cowboys might have a stud. There might be a reason they let go of Byron Jones. They drafted that guy in the first or second round, I think. But either way, that Trayvon Diggs looks like he could be something. The defensive line play good. You'll get Zach Martin back. Um, you know, you'd, you'd, you completely dismissed my boy out of Michigan. Jordan Lewis had a hell of a game as well. He did play a heck of a game. Yeah. You, we could make a case on if that was a push off at the end. I'm not going to get lost in that. But Jordan Lewis played well. Tra- again, Trayvon Diggs opposite of him. They look like they got some pieces. Dan Quinn might be able to put something together. But I think we all just forgot what happens when Dak's healthy. Man. Man, that's elected. That trio of receivers, I know uh, Gallup got hurt. But C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Cowboys, you know, Positives out of that game, but that's my top ten: Steelers, Saints, Cardinals, Bills, 49ers, Seahawks, Browns, Rams, Bucks, Chiefs. Um, Bucks, Chiefs again are interchangeable. 
And I think the Rams, Browns, Seahawks also have a lot of firm graphs on that top five. We'll see how that changes. Of course, NFC West, all four of them made our top 10 and they're going to beat, beat the heck out of each other all year. So we can't take too many hits on that. If the Rams beat the Seahawks, they can't just float. I mean, their top 10 teams, just heavyweights, man, but I'm excited. I'm very excited to see this season and, Jags, Lions, those are the only two I can think of on the top of my head that I saw this weekend and were like, those are just going to be terrible teams. Like, I don't even, Jags and Lions? Jags and Lions. I don't even know You're if I... completely I, missing one. I, I, don't, I don't know if I felt that way with the Jets. If that's who you're, if that, that's who Atlanta? you're talking about. Again, I, I think the Eagles are much better than we give them credit for. But... Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm not going to argue that. That's because they did look better, but the I Falcons, think it kind of looked. The Falcons are on the the bad end. I'm just saying, like I saw the Jaguars and Lions, and when I was like, when I would tune in a little bit to those games, I was like, I just there, I don't see any hope with these two teams this year. At least with the Jets, Zach Wilson started to find his groove late in that game and was tossing the rock around. Yeah, I guess you could say the Falcons, but again. You do have a top corner with Darius Slay. I mean, he can still play up there. The defensive line caused pressure. And again, we said it in the the pre-show. Again, I didn't know that they'd hold the Falcons to six, but you were like, I think the Falcons are going to score too many points. And I was like, I think that the Eagles are going to have no problem scoring, but yeah. I thought it was going to be a shootout. Their defense surprised me, but them scoring 32, I'm telling you what, I think the Eagles offense, again, why I was so high in them scoring, not only were the Falcons a bad defense, but with Smith, Rager, their backfield, and their two tight ends, and their running quarterback. I think this team is so dynamic east and west that occasionally when they're running east and west, they slip one of those vertical routes. That's how Devontae Smith scored. I think this team's elite in the screen game because when Brandon Brooks, Lane right. Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and that left tackle played eight years of rugby. I mean, you all have seen that video out there on the internet of him just flat out laying out a corner. With the rule you can't dive at these guys legs i mean they got trains coming out on the outside it, there's again they're going to be a lot of teams that throw the four yard ball that goes 30 yards i think the eagles can shock a lot of people um but that being said my steelers are one and all i couldn't be happier walked into buffalo looked very disheartening at halftime then we came out we got claypool baptized and tradavius white down the sideline deontay johnson bobble catching balls in the end zone the defense is up i mean T.J. Watt, the, the man's unguardable. It's so fun when you have a guy like that on your team. I mean, you see a tight end chip him, and he beats the left tackle, or right, right guard's got to hit him. Like, he opens up so much. I, I love watching the Steelers. Can't wait to see them play the Raiders this Sunday. What a great week one. Oh, tons of, tons of fun. Primetime uh, games were much too. If you got a chance to stay up and watch that Monday nighter, I was tired at work this morning, but I watched every snap, and boy, was that amazing. Yeah, crazy game. Sunday night, obviously, was not as close, but uh, tons of great football this weekend. Tons of great football. And I'm very excited about this weekend. I mean, whew, week two, we're seeing what people really are. You know, a team that I didn't put in my top ten, you put them in yours. I, I'm i just not there on them because I, I feel like I'm almost kind of close on where I think they are. The Saints, I just think they're a good team. They're going to be good. They're probably going to be one of those teams that just can beat you any given week, kind of like Washington. But at the same time, like, I don't know if they're a playoff team. It's just like, uh, we'll see. 
I know I, they decimated the Green Bay Packers, but I'm 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 serious. I'm not high on them. I don't think they're. I, I think in today's league, it's harder to wrap your head around a team that that leads with the defense. Like a lot of the top teams, like I know the Buccaneers, you got to have a good defense to be a great team. But the Chiefs, Buccaneers, Rams, Browns, Seahawks, Bills, Cardinals, I mean, all the way down to the Cardinals. When you think of those teams, you think offense first, at least I do. So when you talk about Steelers or Saints or even the Patriots kind of, you know, when they get Stephon Gilmore back, there are some teams out there that say, hey, I know it don't look pretty on offense, but we're not going for style points, as Mike Tomlin would say. We're going to get to 24 and know we got a real good chance to beat you. Like, you're going to have to scrape together points. You're going to have to go for it on fourth downs. You're going to have to, you know. So, again, and you could say uh, people who watch the Bills Steelers, but Josh Allen missed a deep ball for a touchdown. And uh, Cole Beasley dropped the ball. You know, there's going to be crucial plays everywhere. But, again, the Giants, who went, were they, 10-6, and and then they won the Super Bowl. The reason they were able to do that is because their defense only had to rush four to get pressure. You drop seven in coverage. The Steelers blitzed like four plays against the Bills. And five quarterback hits, two sacks, and a forced fumble from Watt. Ten quarterback pressures with hits. Melvin Ingram's getting hits. Heisman. Yeah. That, that's, that's a luxury not a lot of teams have. And so... If you ha- that's the fun thing about having a good defense like that, I guess. But I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Steelers till you guys uh mute the mute the podcast. I could talk yeah. about that, but gosh, we all get it. we all get hype. Well, I hope all your teams won, unless they didn't. Uh, <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll see you back for the week two live show. But this time we're going to be on Spotify Green Room. Please download Spotify Spotify Green Room. Please get involved. Follow Brad. Follow me. I post it on the Facebook page. Um, I can post a live link, but I think that's all I can do. I can't force you to set up an account, and I can't force you to join. So please do that, and uh, we will see you Sunday for the live show, 11 a.m. I can't wait for football to be back already. Thursday night, though, we got we start early this week. So Giants, Washington, we got yep. division 0-1 versus 0-1. Maybe some must wins with how some of the teams looked in that division. But yeah. Giants were 2-0 and against Washington last year. But man, the 30. 30- Bad O-line versus Chase Young and company. Yeah. All right, guys. We're out. See you next time. Go Pats. Real talk.